1: It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 74 degrees outside, my friends. It is the Lawn and Garden Show, and I am Walter Reeves, and I'm here to help you be more successful in whatever endeavor you're trying to accomplish in your garden, whatever it happens to be. If you're weeding, if you're planting, if you're fertilizing, if you're trying to control bugs, if you're trying to control trees, if you want one more flower and want a suggestion of what to do, if you need an organic gardening question answered, I am your man. Experience and knowledge, experience based on scientific knowledge, they all work well for me. 404 872 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Charlie in Sawani joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charlie. morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? Hey,
2: uh, I'm walking around my yard, and it's um, it's uh, pretty spotty. I've got Bermuda grass, but my neighbor has Zoysia grass. And uh. his is nice and thick. Uh, I think it's the shade. Is it too late to uh, plant uh, Zorza plugs in in my yard?
1: I point out that jealousy and envy are two of the sins that we try to avoid in the landscape here. I'm not uh, jealous. I'm
2: just trying to...
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, your neighbor. When you said your neighbor, I knew immediately what was going on in your head. Let's see here now. How much shade are we getting, Charlie?
2: I'd say... um, I'd, I'd say it's pretty sun right now. This time of year, I'd say yeah. it's it's about um, a sunny six hours a day.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I mean, do we call it direct sun or mottled shade underneath the sweetgum tree or pine, or what are we talking here?
2: We've got. I got some hardwoods in the back of it, and they are and they, pretty tall. Yeah, and they the branches kind of lean over over it. Like that, one half is, is pretty good, pretty thick, and then it quickly goes over to the, you know, this, and you can see the grass quickly fades yeah. as it gets closer
1: to the, uh, yeah, to the tree line. All right, and that's going to be, I think, your experience no matter what grass you grow. Zoysia, yes, is more shade tolerant. It may go a little further towards the trunk of the tree, but zoysia grass is not going to grow all the way up to the trunk of your tree. It's going to be too dark in there. So it's not too late to plant plugs. If that's what you want to do, plant plugs. I'm hopeful not going to order the plugs over the mail, but are going to buy some sod and chop it into little plugs. Is that your plan? It is now. (laughs) Good answer, Charlie. The stuff you buy through the mail, you'll find readily if you put your money there. The little plugs are barely the size of your thumb, and you really have to be sure of watering them so they do not dry out for at least a couple of weeks after you plant them. Whereas, if you go to some of the nurseries that have zoysia or can sell you a couple of um, couple of pieces of sod, you can take a machete or a little hatchet and chop it into two or three inch square plugs and plant those in the garden. And they are much more likely to take root and spread and be a healthy zoysia plant. Eventually, cover over the ground where it can. Limited, of course, only by sunshine, but you decide where you think you can put the zoysia, and pine straw is cheap, and you put pine straw underneath the tree where nothing else will grow. All right. All right. That sounds good. Thanks, sir. That's it, Charlie. Thanks for calling. Yep. Comes now Brother Judd from Dawsonville. Judd, hey, good morning. Welcome to the Lawn and garden. Done. Good morning.
0: Yeah, good morning, Walter. Walter, I have a brick patio that has a pretty, uh, a pretty good stand of moss growing on it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But then it also has weeds growing up through that moss. Yeah. How can I get rid of these? rid of the weeds and not affect the moss.
1: Let me ask you this about the brick, just out of idle curiosity: Is this a mortared patio or one where the brick are loosely laid into a sand bed? It's mortared. And the moss is growing on that mortar. Is that correct?
0: That's exactly right.
1: For listeners out there who sometimes wonder when I say that lime will not do a whole lot to control moss, we now have the exact proof of what I say from Judd. The pH of the substrate on which the moss is growing is not particularly going to limit moss's growth. And the pH of that mortar joint and the brick in Judd's uh, patio there is pretty, pretty high. It's higher than you'll ever get by liming your lawn to control moss, yet the moss still grows on Judd's patio. All right, I'll just use you for an example, Judge. <laughs> point, make another okay. big point there. All right, but going back to the weeds, here's the good news. My good friend and neighbor Carl has a fabulous neglected backyard and has the best-looking moss lawn you've ever seen this year, and I have tried now twice and have been successful both times spraying a light little mist of Roundup on the weeds in his moss. It kills the weeds like a charm, and the moss seems to be unaffected by Roundup. So that's my suggestion for you. Get Roundup in a spray bottle or a sprayer. Make a very fine mist with the nozzle. Don't make it heavy. And just spray lightly over the weeds, as you see in the mortar, and I bet you they'll be gone and the moss will still be there.
0: And so I don't need to dilute the Roundup any more than recommended. Just no, take the normal no, just recommendation. What it says.
1: Although for most weeds, you could probably go half strength and still get acceptable control. I wouldn't, wouldn't hesitate to... Diluted by half or just used full strength, but not any concentrated, any more than full strength, certainly. Thank you so much, Walter. It is my pleasure to be of service, judge and thank you for serving as my example of the mortar and the lime. <laughs> all right. See you, man. We got Heather on the line. Heather comes to us from Ella J., Georgia. Hey, Heather. Good morning. Hey. Hey. Good morning. How can I help?
3: Well, I have kudzu bugs all of a sudden, and I've done some research. I read your website and looked at Cornell's website, and um, how can I get rid of them so that they will not overwinter? Because I mean, I can take the
4: vines down, it's mainly on green beans, um, but I don't want them to overwinter.
1: I am told that kudzu bugs do not harm green beans or soybeans or things like that markedly. Yet... I still see spots on the stems, and you may too, as a matter of fact, Heather. Spots Mm -hmm. on the stems, spots on the leaves, and I just have this suspicion somehow that kudzu bugs were involved in that somewhere. (laughs) So, I don't uh, object to you trying to control kudzu bugs. To my knowledge, the in, the organic insecticides do not work particularly well on these hard shell beetle like creatures. They yeah, just a, I've tried. the insecticidal soap and the insecticidal oils. They don't work so well. Seven and eight work like charms. Seven is okay. uh, carbaryl. Eight is uh, permethrin, I think, and both of them have great efficacy on hard shell beetles. So I would use one of the other, seven or eight.
3: Okay. All right, I will try that. And do they bring scale or scale a <coughs> separate bug? Separate completely. Separate.
1: Okay. Absolutely. Uh, the you know, ants sometimes will farm aphids. Ants will bring an aphid from one plant to another to farm the aphid get the honeydew out of the aphid. Oh. But uh, the kudzu bugs and the scale, there they don't even know that other exists okay. uh, in your landscape. It's, there. Yeah, it all just happened
3: all at the same time and only on the green beans. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah, so. the
1: ants. I, I should say I should point out that ants do sometimes accumulate on plants that have scale because the scale, just like the aphid, has the honeydew they exude. They exude from the back end, oh, okay. and they can't digest the sap. But uh, ants can't lift up a scale and move it like they can lift up an aphid and move it.
3: Right. Okay. Well, that's been helpful. I'll look for I some of so. the eight and seven and
1: use it. Use it. There you go. Thanks for <laughs> okay. calling, Heather. Thank you. Good mm-hmm. talking to you. Those two products are really interesting to me. Seven, S-E-V-I-N, seven is, as I mentioned, carbaryl. That's the chemical name for it, it's carbaryl. And it's been around for, a, you know, who knows, a million years. <laughs> Probably your grandfather used it. My father certainly used it, and that was 40 years ago. And then another company came and used a different, complete different chemical, and they named it 8, right, because 7 Eight and it's one digit better than seven. Well, that was their marketing when they originally put it out there. Either one worked fine, either one worked great, and a landscape can be used safely if you know, follow the label directions on there. But just the marketing between seven and eight. I found very interesting. By the way, kudzu bugs, this year has been probably more kudzu bug reports than in other years. And if you've not seen them this year, when you used to see them, that's great. They seem to be overall declining in numbers because of just natural insect, predatory insects that eat the kudzu bug larvae and maybe some of the naturally occurring fungi that attack the adults when they're grown. But it seems to me there are less kudzu bugs overall in the Metro Atlanta area than there were five years ago. When we just thought, man, they're going to eat up everything. They'll be all over the kudzu and all over the houses and all over maybe all over the peanuts and soybeans in South Georgia. But they, at this point, seem not to be as much of a problem as we thought originally. Kudzu bugs might be. Well, it's 8:18 News Talk WSB, and we'll be back after this. weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A mix of sun and clouds today. 60% chance of thunderstorms, high of 90, low tonight 72 degrees. Much of the same tomorrow. 50% chance of, of thunderstorms, high of 87, low of 71. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Don't forget, tomorrow, Sunday, your Atlanta Journal-Constitution for in-depth news coverage and hundreds of dollars in coupon savings. Two things from every Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And Zach in Alpharetta joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Zach, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Walter. Second-generation listener here. Um... (laughs) You're the one that used to say, Daddy, turn him off. He is boring. And now you're listening to me. How about that? Yeah,
0: no, it's funny how the world turned.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. um
0: wanted to get your advice on lawn and garden, or I should say lawn care companies. Yeah. So I uh, redid my entire front and backyard with a TIFF brand Bermuda. Good. And seven, eight months went by, everything was great. And everything, it just started to thin out. Bare patches, um, areas under shaded trees. I got a large oak in the backyard. And... Um, I just kind of signed up with a uh, lawn and, lawn and lawn care company, and, sure. and I just kind of wanted to see what your thought processes were. What do I need to be asking for? What, what what are what are the expectations I should look for?
1: First thing is a camera and take copious photographs of what it looks like before they really get started and before they've had a years of working on it. Because you want to be able to document that they've been successful and all the weeds are under control and, you know, the grass looks green and great, or you want to be able to document, man, there are still weeds over here and you were supposed to get rid of those five months ago. They're not done. Let's just get on this and talk to the, you know, the area manager to find out why that is. So first thing is to document what you have to begin with, and your expectations sometimes may not be met, because you said you have the oak tree in the backyard, and grass is not going to grow very well underneath that oak tree. Other weeds and things will, but not grass, and so don't expect them to be scientific miracle makers, because (laughs) that grass doesn't grow in the shade. That's the way it is. You should expect them to control most weeds. I think within 90%, you should have most weeds under control in your lawn, in the sunny parts anyway, where the grass should be able to grow well. Because fertilizer, they'll have a good fertilizer uh, schedule, they'll come out, the grass should grow rapidly vigorously not too much and it should not have many diseases on it because diseases many times are linked to excess or under fertilizing so if they fertilize correctly you usually don't have the diseases if you have wet spots in the lawn, that's something you're gonna have to come fix and they're gonna have to you know inform you that hey this is a wet spot this is an area we cannot get grass to grow because the water sits every time it rains And, of course, with the weather we've had, Zach, uh, it's been raining for a while, so they'll hopefully point that out to you. Um, If you have any questions, my view is that you need to get the um, summary of what they do with every every treatment. Go over it just by yourself and study it. Make sure you understand what's been done and why they've done it at that particular time and if you're not satisfied after six months, then have a conference okay. with the area manager, and if you're not satisfied after a year, there are lots of companies who'd be happy to take their place.
0: Okay, sounds good. All right, well I just, uh, I, guess, I guess what you were getting at was um, how long should I, should I expect to see results? So I'm thinking maybe six months, as from your opinion.
1: Six months for a first evaluation, 12 months for a final decision of whether to keep them for another, another year.
0: Okay, Walter, thank you, sir. It's a
1: pleasure talking to you, Zach. Thanks for calling. We'll see you at 404 the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after news. It's 836 and 74 degrees. We've gone up one degree since I came in this morning. Going up to the mid to high 80s this afternoon. Maybe 90. It depends on how the weather and the rain and everything comes through. But maybe into the high 80s this afternoon. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. Here we are. 404-872-0750. Interesting calls coming up. We'll have a call about lightning and whether or not this is going to damage a hardwood tree right next to the house. What should be done about that uh fran has a question about how to kill the lowering, lower growing weeds in a lawn judy has a question about the fungus in the fescue john wants to know about what about msma monosodium methane arsenate johnny you know that msma and what are we going to do since it is gone we can't use that anymore to kill crabgrass but first let's talk about how to get good bargains in the garden talk to my friend mickey gasway from pike nursery good morning mickey Good morning, Walter. How are you? I am excited because I got the early notification of what the 20% off-pike pick of the weekend was going to be, and I thought, Dadgum, that's a great idea. That's right. It's
3: blueberries. Blueberries, that is a
1: great choice.
3: That's right, and it's been a great year for blueberries. It sure
1: has. It's been a fabulous year. I mean, I have had blueberries, at least one or two or three, off the bush for at least a month now. At least. Oh,
3: yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, and we were just getting through with our blueberries from last year. Oh, man. <laughs> i froze so many last year. And um, we've still getting them so that's great yeah the birds are enjoying them
1: too of course of course but blueberries as far as planting them this is a fine time to plant them as long as they can be watered that's important
3: that's exactly right But if
1: you choose the right series of uh, ripening times for blueberries is just like me you could have them for a month maybe a month and a half or two throughout the year the early ones the highbush uh so the southern Southern highbush and then the early
3: the, um, um the
1: rabbit eyes rabbit eyes come in mid and late uh, varieties of that so you got blueberries this whole year and they're pretty you got beautiful fall color the beautiful white flowers in the spring nice green foliage during the summertime why do you yeah, Why more, would you ever not you want a blueberry yeah, exactly
3: well,
1: you asked for. That's a, I love
3: them. They're beautiful. I've got them up and down my driveway.
1: Yeah, good for you.
3: How so much fun. They're great. Uh, and when we get through, it's when we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll prune ours back as soon as they bury. Because
1: mm-hmm.
3: if, if you don't do that, then uh, they just get so big. And you get tall, it only Stan, yeah. and only Stan can reach. I can't reach his but I can't <laughs> reach them. We've got them
1: back. You're lucky but to have a husband great. who is mm, tall, let's say that, he's yes, tall right. in comparison exactly to yourself. Right. And uh, Stan, can get the high berries, and you get the low berries, and the birds get the rest.
3: Right, yeah. <laughs> Just want to make sure that you, uh, you know, get good pollination, that you get more than one. Yeah. And if you'll look, usually within the same group, that's what you, That's mainly the thing you need to look for. If you do that, you usually get pretty good pollination, um, either two rabbit eyes or two um, um, of the southern high bush. Yeah. Even one, Both of those would do good.
1: And, you know, Troy, Mickey, these are shrubs, right? So the pike guarantee would be...
3: Absolutely. All absolutely right. Absolutely, forever.
1: Forever and ever. And
3: that's a good thing, too. All of our trees and shrubs are guaranteed for life, and so that's a great thing. That's,
1: that's right. Blueberries are shrubs, so they would come under the pike right. guarantee. So plant them now, again, planting carefully, using a lot of organic matter, peat moss and other organic things to keep the soil loose and good high pH, and or low pH, I mean, little starter fertilizer in there the sure start wouldn't hurt my feelings at all and water well and water regularly during the dry parts of the summertime and you got blueberries every year thereafter
3: wow you didn't need me you knew it all no
1: i knew it all because i'm so excited (laughs) i've studied up on blueberries because i knew they would be 20 percent off yeah
3: they're great they really are so i hope everybody else Come in and clean us out today.
1: That's a good thing. All you have to do when you go to Pike is load up with three or four or five blueberry bushes. Go to the cashier. Remind the cashier, of course, this is the Pike Pick of the Weekend because Mickey and Walter said so. And you get 20% off, which allows you to buy an extra blueberry for the uh, neighbor to give to them. And your pollen Pollinates their bush and everybody's happy in the neighborhood.
3: That's exactly right. That's exactly right.
1: Any classes so going on, Mickey? Anything going we on We We've
3: got one. We've got one today on, uh, at Lindbergh uh, this morning at 9 o'clock, so you have to hurry. Uh, it's on succulent.
1: Uh-huh.
3: So I hope everybody will come to that. That'll be fun.
1: And in Lindbergh, again, this is one of those places where you've got a lot of dense housing apartments and condos around. So you just walk over with a cup of coffee and have the class, 9 o'clock, succulents, buy a couple, come back home, decorate the house. You've got breakfast by ten thirty or 11, you're fine.
3: That's right. I'm looking at a deck right now that looks like it's got maybe some kind of cactus on it. I don't know, or succulent or something. I think that's pretty cool.
1: They may have come to the class <laughs> anyway. last year. Yeah, Maybe
3: they will. Or maybe they will. Okay.
1: All right. Well, if we wanted to find where is the nearest location to get this 20% off bargain on blueberry bushes, how would we find those locations?
3: At pikenursery.com.
1: You bet. Mickey, it's great talking to you.
3: Thank you so much. See, we'll see you later. We'll
1: see you soon. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 is our number at Lawn and Garden. Well, Susan calls us. But Susan sounds a lot like a Debbie I once knew, so I'm not quite sure who exactly is calling this morning. But nonetheless, Debbie, Susan, you have a question about the lightning on your tree and what happened. Please tell all.
4: I do. Thank you for taking my call. Sure,
1: Deb. So we had
4: a very tall hardwood about 20 feet from the house take a direct lightning strike. Yeah. And I took pictures of the tree, and the tree so far looks okay. Okay. Um, there's about a three to f- three inch stripe going all the way from the top of the tree wow. down into the ground. Yeah, um, and it looks like the bark is peeled off. Um, mm. It blew one branch high up off of the tree. So Other were, than that,
1: were you home? Was, were you home when this happened?
4: Uh, my husband was home.
1: So after he peeled himself off the ceiling. <laughs>
4: yeah. It was very loud.
1: I apparently. bet it was. Oh, my it was gosh. very
4: loud. Um, he checked to make sure there was no fire in the house because yeah. it was that loud. Smart. Um, yeah. And everything's okay, but the tree is close to the house. Yeah. And we don't know what to, I, I I hate to take down a hardwood tree if you don't have to.
1: All right. I think you're well-spoken. Well That's exactly the decision you have to make. And frankly, you won't know how much... Permanent damage has been done to the tree for at least another couple of months. And it's not going to weaken the tree to allow it just to stand and see what happens. You can do that. There's no danger to the house. It's not going to fall over tomorrow or anything like that. Okay. So you can wait until the, gosh, the end of the summer. But you'll know. I think you'll know by the end of the summer, by um, September or so. Looking up in the tree, if you see a lot of leaves that are yellowing or wilting or do not look quite right like every other oak tree around, I think you can say, honey, we better call the tree company, because they're likely not going to recover at that point if you see yellowing, browning leaves.
4: Okay. Is there anything we could do to help the tree?
1: Water it. The biggest thing you can do, because the main damage that the lightning does to the tree is the heat of the electricity, the bolt going down through the trunk and the bark of the tree, is it boils sap and blows the sap, uh, steam explosion, basically, just blows the uh, bark off the tree with a sap explosion. And the tree will try to recover from this whole damage by putting more moisture and trying to wall off and compartmentalize that damage that's been done. And what the tree needs most at this point is water to sort of fuel the whole process of repair to the tree. We don't need need to water if it's going to rain today. Certainly not. We don't need that. But if it turns dry, water it then.
4: Okay, so when you look at the tree and you see the bark stripped off, is there anything, I mean... Could you see whether there's damage underneath it or I think
1: it'd be too hard for you to determine. No, I don't okay. think you can tell anything. No. I and mean, okay. one thing if you want something to do would be to go out and see how loosely the bark is attached close to where that stripe has been blown off the tree.
4: It's attached tightly. I right. think It is attached but tightly. That's part, Yeah, when that's you push on the part that's
1: That's good No news. longer has the bark off. all right well if there was any bark that's loosely attached that can be trimmed away with a razor knife or something like that until you get tightly attached bark and then from then on it's in mother nature's hands okay how much do you water you know a, a, lot big- of, <laughs> lot, yeah, a lot of this is just your intuition about how much the soil can 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 handle at one time we say 600 gallons uh, equals an inch per, let's say, 1,000 square feet. 600 gallons per 1,000 square feet, equal, feet equals an inch of water. I would say a couple of hundred gallons a week would be fine to keep a tree reasonably hydrated.
4: Okay. Thank
1: you so much. It's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right. See Bye. you soon. Comes now Sister Judy. Judy, we've got time for you from Ball Ground. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to Judy about her... Uh, Hey there, hey Judy. How
4: are you?
1: I'm great. How can I help?
4: Well, okay. So we have um, we have Bermuda in our front yard spot, and then the backyard is a fescue. Uh, yeah. Uh, we planted it last year, and it came up absolutely gorgeous, very thick, very lush. Um, this year, with all the rain, of course, we are seeing a fungus, and we were confirmed with that with our lawn service guy. However. He wants to charge us $90 to treat it, and we're wondering if there's not something that we couldn't do ourselves and save us the money.
1: Let's try a little trip to Atlanta, to the closest pike to you, and get some Infuse, I-N-F-U-S-E, Infuse. Can you say
4: that one more time? I'm so sorry. I'm trying to write it down.
1: (laughs) I-N-F-U-S-E, Infuse.
4: Oh, Infuse, okay.
1: And it is both systemic and meaning it gets into the – parts of the grass plant, and so it helps to protect it systemically, but it also stops the fungus from roosting and, and living on the surface of the grass plant, and uh, I think infused is something you can buy. It's not going to be cheap, but it's going to be cheaper than $90.
4: That's what we were thinking. Okay, right. and then would we fertilize thereafter or just let it, not, it thing for how long? Or not what? with
1: fescue. Fescue in the summertime, fertilizing in the summer is one of the worst things you can do because it does make it more lush and it makes more brown patch and disease, and that's not recommended. So fertilize fescue during the cool season, October, November, uh, You can look on my website for some schedules on how to fertilize it. But right now, let's stop the fungus and do use the infuse for it.
3: Well, my husband will be thankful. Thank you
1: so much. (laughs) Thanks so much for calling, Judy. Uh
3: huh. Bye-bye.
1: It's 847. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's
0: Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back
1: to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A mix of sun and clouds today. 60% chance of thunderstorms. High tonight, 90... No, high today, 90 degrees. Low tonight, 72. Much like that tomorrow. 50% chance of thunderstorms. High of 87. Low of 71. Your full weekend forecast... Comes up in ten minutes on News ninety five five and AM seven fifty WSB. Johnny comes to us this very minute. Hey, Johnny. Good morning. Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm hey, doing all right. What's going on? Uh,
2: tell me what will we'll replace
0: MSMA for killing crabgrass. That's effective
1: and easy. It's not mm, Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want the answer? Nothing. <laughs> um, MSMA for people who are wondering what that is. That was a. Uh, not systemic, it was a selective crabgrass killer, monosodium methane arsenate, MSMA. And professionals and homeowners alike used MSMA to kill crabgrass in the summertime when they forgot to put the pre emergent out in the spring. And it worked great except that last word, arsenate, uh, arsenic was in the MSMA, and so the that's what, yeah, federal folks said uh, that's we don't need to know, arsenic running around in people's lawns, let's take that off the market. It was a safe, it was a right decision, I think. That means, though, that we're now faced with pre-emergent, being sure you time your pre-emergent perfectly. We have got to be done in, generally speaking, early March for pre-emergent, and maybe a second application if you're not satisfied with the crabgrass control you get with one application, another one in, let's see, March, April, probably the first of May Mm. will be okay. And generally, if you put the pre-emergent out and water it in to get sure it's dissolved and make it a nice thick, not thick, but nice uh, consistent coverage of chemical, then the pre-emergent will control crabgrass pretty well.
0: Okay. All right, then. Uh, I've been able to keep ahead of it uh, that way, but I had some fescue in the back yeah. and, and uh i'm kind of apprehensive about uh chemicals on on young grass and stuff like yeah, that sir. of course uh, you know with the with the winter weird like it was i didn't know if i was established enough and then i was a little bit late i used one of the it was a bear and I've, I've had real good luck with the bear yeah. stuff it's supposed to be in season long but it's just i've got a a few places that i've always had problems with crabgrass pre-emergent or not
1: yeah well, uh, so sad to say, it's back on your back. It's not going to be MSA M A doing the miracle control anymore. But uh, you're you're the man, John. You have to do the control yourself. Time it out right. It's 8.57. We've had a great Saturday morning. Josh McLarty is doing such a great job screening our calls this morning. Jason Byers, our engineer, keeps us smiling and did my weather for me instead of Ashley today. I do appreciate that because I didn't have weather in my hands and we had to make it up for the first couple of hours. First couple of minutes, anyway. (laughs) If you didn't get your question answered today, of course, you can go to WalterReeves.com, sign up for our electronic newsletter, follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest, If you don't find me there, then I'll see you next Saturday morning right here for another edition of Lawn and Garden.